Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Guidance is internal. Ignition sequence starts. Five, four, three, two, one, zero. All engine running. Liftoff. We have a liftoff. Permission to board, please. Permission to come aboard. Permission to board. Permission to board. Do I have some permission to board that sweet mothership? This is the Permission Granted Podcast. Here's DA. All right, welcome inside the freshest edition of the Permission Granted Podcast, everybody. The PGP is the show about the show, the show within the show. And as always, you can download it on the iTunes feed. Just search Permission Granted on iTunes and you'll get it. And then also it's on our normal DA show feed. And as always, it's available on our website, daoncbs.com. You'll see the link, the little button, if you want to see just the Permission Granted podcast. Now, this week will not feature one Sean Moraz. Moraz has been out the last couple of days with a family situation. So we wish him the best with his family. He'll be back later in the week. But now I felt like a uh, an important side A would be what the hell is going on in Philadelphia? From the Eagles winning the Super Bowl to Villanova winning two championships in three years to the freeing of a rapper Meek Mill to Flyers fans throwing garbage in the ice to the Sixers in the process rolling right along. It feels like there's always something in Philadelphia and our Philly correspondent, proud native son, Kenny Brock, joins us here on the show. Brock, how you doing? DA, what a time to be alive from the 215. I mean, you you guys are in the news every single day. And 90% of it's good. Like, we're not showing up on people. We're not getting tased. Yeah. We're not fighting people in the stand, fighting each other in the stands. It's a thing of beauty right now. Can we start with Meek Mill? Why was he imprisoned, and why is this a big deal in Philadelphia? So he was in prison because of a parole violation, but it turns there was a lot of like nuanced stuff to it um, in terms of the judge who originally sentenced him to the probation uh, to the viola- uh, violation of his probation was apparently like sticking it to him, and he could have been out on bond while awaiting trial. But I believe she kind of like was trying to make an example out of him. So this kind of took over the city, you know, as. Philadelphia, and I hate to say, like, I don't like the term woke, but Philadelphia as a whole is very woke, especially in the sports franchises. You know, you see what the Eagles are doing. They're very active in the social justice movement. The Sixers with Michael Rubin and a lot of their players are very active in the social justice movement. So they kind of, you know, Rubin, um, Simmons, Embiid, those guys kind of took this on as a personal project that they wanted to work on to make, you know, for social justice and, um, and prison reform. So, you know, they have been working day and night to try to get Meek Mill, you know, out on bond. 
and finally it came true yesterday. And what a way to get out of prison, right? You're, you're serving time that you probably shouldn't be serving anyways, and you get picked up by one of the Sixers minority stake owners in a private chopper that flies you to the to the Wells Fargo Center where you get showered, you get changed, you see Kevin Hart, you see AI, you see the and the and that stadium was electric yesterday just having Meek Mill in the presence like everybody was so happy that he was back you know you saw the way the Eagles rallied around him and they used his um they used his song Dreams and Nightmares as the rallying cry for their season and that was like kind of their intro song and it's just I mean honestly I got a little bit of chills talking about it I mean Meek kind of the city rallied around Meek and it was it was amazing now Meek Mill is a Philadelphia born rapper you're a huge you're a huge dude in the music game did you yeah. listen to Meek Mill before he was imprisoned I did I did I've been on Meek for on Meek for a while Meek Gilly the Kid uh try, um sorry uh, whatchamacallit, The Roots, like all those guys. Like I, they, Philly's music scene is almost as big as their basketball scene in terms of people that they've produced and the kind of music and talent that comes out of there. So I've been on Meek for probably, you know, six, seven years when he was like a little even more hardcore. I mean, he's he's still a hardcore rapper now, but he's a little bit different. He's kind of changed his, his rapping style a little bit. And, um, you know, with all, he kind of Meek really kind of blew up when that whole stuff with the beef with Drake came up where they were kind of spitting bars at each other and everyone's like, oh, Drake Drake killed him, Drake killed him. But like low key, everybody who respects music knew that Meek Mill won all that. Drake just, you know, gets the, the fame and all the love because he's Drake. But like lyrically, uh, Meek Mill all day. So is it so weird that Robert Kraft, owner of the Patriots, took up Meek Mill's cause. I still can't figure out why Kraft inserted himself in this battle. I'm very confused. To the, I saw the Patriots tweet that yesterday, and I really wanted to tweet something about, you know, just a little shade about, you know, Meek Mill, Eagles, Patriots Super Bowl loss. Of course. You can hold that L, but I decided not to. You know, I'm trying to... You know, mature with age wow. and grace. A kinder, <laughs> better Kenny Brock? On occasions. Here, I still okay. sometimes I get it going a little bit. But <laughs> it's like, you know, he's one of these owners who obviously is uh, w- was pro-Trump and has been pro-Trump, right? And then he's also a part of a league who has ostracized Colin Kaepernick and Eric Reed and players who stand up for social injustices and prison reforms. But yet now, because Meek's not a part of his organization or his his league then he kind of it's like are you just hopping on here for the for the press because you know everybody's talking about meek and and all the everything that came along with it it just it didn't make sense to me it felt like it was just you know let me try to get some good press to cover up for the bad press that we've gotten uh over the past couple months yeah i wondered if on the one hand maybe Kraft was trying to show his players hey man like i'm down with the cause considering right. They, as you said, have always frowned upon, maybe not the Patriots specifically, but the league has frowned upon, you know, guys that have spoken out about social injustice nearly during the anthem. So I wonder if he was like, hey, I'm down with the cause, or maybe just B, he's desperately trying to be cool at his age. You know, he's dating like a 20-year-old supermodel or something, and maybe just like a cause of a rapper that young people rally around is like Robert Kraft in some type of end-of-life crisis going like, I want to be cool. 
that's like when the old older generations start to say like certain words and you're just like, that word is officially dead. <laughs> yeah. I I will never say that again. <laughs> yeah. It's like that Portlandia. I don't know if you ever watched Portlandia, but uh, it's a, there's a Portlandia episode where they're talking about hipsters in Portland. And um, Fred Armisen is like, you know, extra hipster. And he comes up to a window and he's like, oh, this guy's here. This guy's here. This place is dead. This place is dead. <laughs> talking about like gentrification and all this kind of stuff. So, you know, that really is what it feels like with, with Robert Kraft. Like, I think what you're saying about, you know, making the move to try to show that he is down with the cause when like we know what you are and what you're not down with. But like you can try to be cool all you want. You're never going to be cool and you're never going to be, you know, one of us. So outside of that, I mean, so last night is game five in Philadelphia. The Sixers cruise to a victory and Bede's wearing the mask and he's saying all these hysterical things. And he's got like this incredible blend of arrogance, but real likability. I don't. Do you think it's that he can say whatever he wants about I'm going to be dominant, I'm going to be a nightmare for them, you know, to, now is our time, and he can get away with it because he has a real funny accent? Is that what is happening here? Because most guys, w- people would hate if they were outspoken like that. So I think I think what it is, and I think it has to do with who Embiid is as a person and everything that he's went through coming from Cameroon, and then that time when he, you know, when he was out his first year and his brother passed away and losing his brother, and he kind of just has this, like, laissez-faire approach like I love the game the game is something that I'm passionate about but it's not my life you know and so if this was KG people would hate him right like they would be killing him for too intense way too intense but like the way Joel does it is he does it in this like yeah, I'm going to bust you up. But, like, after the game, he's all, like, love and hugs and laughing. And, True. You know, he, he just – the way he carries himself, I think, is is a major part of that because he's not – you know, he can be a killer on the court. And I think you see that from time to time when he taunts guys and he gets under guys' skins and they get frustrated with it. But, like, they know deep down that he is just this 21, 22-year-old kid who's making a boat ton of money, who is just having fun, who – he's almost – Outside of Philadelphia, I think the perfect way to describe him is he's a WWE heel, right? Like, he knows how to get other crowds going. He knows how to to rattle the cages of his opponents. But, like, at the end of the day, when he's off camera, that's not what he's doing. He's doing things to better the community. He's doing things to better things back in his home country and and try to do all of these positive things. Like, it's not like he's out here trying to, like – be Matt Barnes and, you know, jump Derek Fisher for, like, sleeping with his ex-wife. Like, it's nothing, you know, he's not that type of person. That would be, that's my perception of it. He's so likable, and I, I think there's just a joy in his game that comes through, and people are addicted to that, and so whatever yeah. he says kind of comes off as fun and funny, uh, and I think the same thing with Simmons. I mean, is this not amazing that the Sixers are this good, and they still don't really have Markel Fultz back? Like, I don't know, that it's almost amazing to think what would happen if they ever, and I don't know if they ever will, but if they ever got 100% Markel Fultz without any, you know, skeletons in the closet or, or whatever yeah. is rattling around in his brain, how filthy would this team be? It, it, it's, it would be disgusting and it's scary, actually, for the rest of the league because you think about it. Embiid just signed a five-year deal with like $160 million and uh Simmons is still in his first contract, so they're going to re-up him sooner than later. And if Fultz can ever really round in the form, like they don't even need him to be a 25, 20-point-a-game scorer. They need 
17 and some dimes. You give them nine, 17 and 9, like they're in a good place because you know Simmons is going to get his close to triple-double almost every night. You know Embiid's going to put up 25 and 15. Like it is, It's really scary to think about the fact that these kids, literal kids, are in, you know, Simmons is in his first year of playing in the NBA, and he looked like a man possessed last night. The way that he carries himself on the court when Dragic slapped him on the back of the head, how many guys older than Simmons with so much more veteran experience would have turned around and jumped up in his face? Simmons just walked away. When Simmons got undercut when he was going in for the layup by, I think it was Justice Winslow or somebody, and he jumped up and ran to the free throw line. Like These guys are wise beyond their years and they're only going to get better and they're only going to gel more and it's it's a terrifying if I'm anybody else in the NBA like I know the the Celtics thought when they brought in Kyrie and they brought in Gordon Hayward like oh we're waiting for LeBron to kind of pass the torch well I think they better watch out because I think the torch is torch is being passed you know 120 miles south of Boston and in the Philly do Sixers fans want LeBron Everybody in the city wants LeBron. Really? Everybody in this. Do you know how many? There was a time, I think it was during the All-Star break, where I was reading daily articles about was LeBron's friend's friend at Malvern Preparatory, which is a, a pre, um, all-boys prep school outside of Philly that has you know a good athletic program, was his guys there doing research for his son's where Bronny and, and the uh, other son can go and play basketball there? Or was or were they at, you know, Friends Academy? Or what school were, was LeBron people at? Because it was it was a thousand percent, in silly people's minds, it was a thousand percent true that somebody from his camp was there, when in actuality they most likely weren't. But they want LeBron. And I could see... I could see LeBron coming because he's a huge fan of Ben Simmons. He can see the writing on the wall. He doesn't need to carry this team. He doesn't need to be the one. He can be the two. He could even be the three on this team and help them to a championship. This team with a healthy Fultz and LeBron? I, oh, I mean, write it. It's over. Like, it's over. And done. If LeBron comes to Philly, I don't want to say the one, two, but they'll be in a really good position to compete for a championship every single year. And the Warriors should be terrified of that, if that is the case that's going to happen. And D8, like, just think about this. Five years ago, right, the Sixers had won 19 games. They won 19, 18, and just three years ago, they won 10 games. Yeah. And now they win 52, right? And and the Phillies were terrible. They were like 16 games under 500. And 2013 was the first year of Chips Kelly's um, existence in Philly, where he went 10 and six, and they lost the playoff game, and Foles played like crap. And then they all went downhill. They two and 14 a couple years, or uh, six and nine a couple years later. And now everything is rounding into form with the city. And it's just everybody is. I'm actually going home this weekend to see some family and friends and all that kind of stuff. And I just can't, like, there's just going to be such a breath of fresh air in the city. Like, there's a little bit of an edge taken off, you know? Like, there's just, this is the first time in my life that I don't have that, like, anxiety of, like, damn it, we're never going to win anything. Like, there's that feeling, there was that overarching feeling of, like, we're going to be behind New York and behind Boston and all these cities when, in actuality, we shouldn't have been. And now we're getting our kind of comeuppance, and it's... It's amazing. I yeah, couldn't but, be happier. But are, is there a part of you that worries about it all falling apart because Embiid's foot 
and you guys never have anything too good for too long. And, you know, <laughs> the Achilles for Ryan Howard. I mean, is there this right. kind of worry that it, it can't be this good? I don't think there is at the moment. Check back with me in, like, July okay. after the NBA Finals <laughs> okay. are over before training camp gets started. And I'll probably be a little more anxious. But in like right now, I think everyone's just taking it for what it is. Because as we talked about after the Eagles won, you know, all of us haven't experienced this before. So we're just kind of taking it in stride and rolling with it and just enjoying the moment because we know that it can be taken away. Like you said, in 2008, the Phillies win the World Series. The next year, Howard tears his, AC, uh, his, Achilles, his Achilles, and he's done. And then everything kind of just falls off the rails from there. So you, you don't know, and I think – Philly as a city has taken this approach of like, listen, it's good now. We're going to live it up while we can because you don't know when or if this will ever happen again. I like the idea, though, that even with all this winning and all these good vibes, there's still an edge as Flyers fans threw trash onto the ice <laughs> when, when the Penguins put an eight spot and eliminated the Flyers the other day. I just I was I like to see that there was still there was it wasn't just all soft. No, and that's in state like. There's Philly, like, we don't even consider Pittsburgh to be a part of Pennsylvania. They're just, like, out in the Midwest, essentially. So when Sid the Kid and those guys come in, and I would say the rivalry between the, between the uh, Flyers and the Penguins is, like, expedite, like, there's not even a rivalry between, in-state rivalry between the Eagles and the Steelers because, like, we don't play. They have six Lombardi trophies. We now have the one, the most important one. Mm-hmm. But it's just, like... There is a true hatred for Pittsburgh for the Pittsburgh Penguins, so it only makes sense that they kind of threw trash on the ice because, you know, what are you going to do? You're not going to win the series. Might as well chuck some things at them and let them know we're we're still here. <laughs> we're still going to fight you. If you want to be in the parking lot, we can do that. I mean, and it's like it's like when Villanova won was uh, in the Final Four. And there was infighting in Philadelphia. Oh, is this another Philly championship? That was a huge thing on the airways in Philly. Is Villanova Philly? Like, of course, it's damn Philly. Like, it's it's a fifteen minute drive outside the city, uh, outside the city limits. But like, that's how <laughs> that's how Philly keeps its edge. That's how everyone keeps uh, keeps you know their anger and their aggression levels high because they're like, no, no way, they're they're not in the city limits. Like, dude, they're in the Big Five. What are you talking about? They're one of the best teams in the country. Of course, they're f- Philly. <laughs> That's fantastic. Well, I'm glad that we got to talk about Philly. I wanted to ask you about one other thing. Um, Last week or two weeks ago now, uh, me and Robbie Rosenhaus ate the (laughs) Death by Salsa. Yeah, I saw that. My God. It was pretty painful. It looked painful. You know, Mraz did a 180 on Robbie. He was really anti-Robbie, as you were. You said, get this guy all the the way out of here. And you were... (laughs) Sounds about right. And you just, you felt like, uh, you know, it was uh, a waste of breath to to spend time talking about Robbie because he had beaten his chest and talking about how smart he was. Well, after Death by Salsa and One Spicy Moment, Mraz has done a 180 on him and feels so high on Robbie... He said he wants to do a radio show with Robbie and that he believes in 10 years, if Robbie is not a success in radio, it'll only be his own fault because he's got the talent to do it. So what do you make of Mraz's <laughs> what do you make of Mraz's 180? <laughs> um, I mean, it's, it's peak Mraz, right? Like Mraz is the guy going into the giant season who's like, we're winning it this year. The East is done. No, it's over. And then by week six, 
well, is it Rangers season yet? And then the Rangers are out. Oh, is it Yankee season yet? And then it's two weeks into the Yankee season, and he's sitting there on a Sunday booing Mike Stanton for striking out five times. He's, he's a flip-flopper by nature. He does, he's spineless. That's true. He doesn't have a backbone in his body. And this is just who he is and who, who he'll always be. Robbie can say something in a couple of weeks, and Mraz will flip the switch and hate him forever. So <laughs> that's, just, that's who Mraz is. I, I'm not surprised by it because he's a pathetic, weak minded human being but you know you live your best life Mraz. do what you got to do so so you feel like this is going to be short-lived his love of robbie is going to be zero yeah, it'll be a couple there something will happen where robbie will be working a shift and Mraz won't cut tape because Mraz, you know thinks he's above cutting tape now and he'll ask robbie to do it and then robbie will pass the buck on to somebody else and then that person will do it and then you're going to splay Mraz for that for not having the audio and then that's when he'll back channel and kill robbie and that's when their relationship will be over guaranteed <laughs> mark it down you come july july 7th like <laughs> somewhere around there you're going to need some sort of random baseball cut, and it's not going to be in there. Mraz is going to throw Robbie to the wolves. thousand percent. It's inevitable. <laughs> uh, if the Sixers are in the NBA Finals, I feel like we really got to go out and watch them and have some beers. Yeah, I'm, I'm always down for drinking a couple pops, so you just let me know. Actually, um, since they're still playing, we should just do that in the second round. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Why wait? not going to not. Gonna not. Uh, unfortunately, I have to see when that starts because I'm out of the country next week. But, you know, we can share some FaceTime beers while I'm in Europe or something. What are you doing in Europe? I'm going to Portugal for a wedding with the lady friend. And then uh, I'm going to uh, England for a week to visit some friends and family over there and get away from the chaos that is New York City and, and Food Network. Any late season English Premier League that uh, you might be taking into London? So there is actually a Saturday match the day before I leave, but it's like $250 a ticket, and I'm just like, nah, oh. I'm, not, I'm not that interested. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I yeah. don't pay that to go to games yeah. for teams that I support, let alone just a random Premier League match. Did I see that your lady friend, Can we? are we calling her your girlfriend or just lady friend at this point? You can call her my girlfriend. I just Did I see on Instagram that your girlfriend is making you do heavy labor on the weekends? Yo. Uh, what is going on? <laughs> Dude, she, her family has a um, a lake house up in like upstate New York. We actually drove past Warwick. Nice. Um, and uh, so it's like 2,000 acres. And so they do like a quote unquote work weekend where they go up and they kind of clean up around the property and, you know, make sure everything's in, in order. And she asked me to do it like a month ago. And I was like, I, you know, I don't do physical labor. Like I got a college degree. I, I like, this is, I <laughs> did all that because I don't want to do physical labor yeah. ever again in my life. And so I went up there this weekend and next thing you know, I'm chainsawing trees down, getting tree stumps out of the, uh, out of the ground, which like, I, I haven't done this sort of physical labor in probably 15 years since I was in high school. And of course, true to form, I'm standing on the back of a pickup truck, heaving logs, like 60 pound logs into a pile. I slip off the bed of the truck, oh. fall into the trailer. My leg gets jammed between the two. I have a bruise on my ass the size of New Jersey. <laughs> And I'm lucky I didn't snap my femur. Now, <laughs> granted, if I would have snapped my femur, I would have probably owned all that property, but that's besides the point. <laughs> <laughs> and then Philly would have had another win in the books. <laughs> exactly. Just chalk it up for another W. Next thing you know, I'm buying the Phillies. You know, we'll figure the whole thing yeah. out. Yeah. 
This is amazing. Yeah, so I told her, she was like, oh, can I count on you to come back in October for fall work weekend? I said, no. <laughs> she said, you don't even know what weekend is. I'm busy. <laughs> <laughs> Just put that as a stock response going yeah, for it. There's an Eagles game, I promise you. Unavailable. Ohio State's playing on Saturday, Eagles on Sunday. Sorry, I'm busy. <laughs> Kenny Brock on side A. Enjoy your trip to Europa, my friend. Many, uh, much appreciated, DA. Look forward to talking to you again in a couple of weeks when the uh, Sixers are in the finals. And when uh, Mraz turns on Robbie. Oh, I can't wait for that. What, happens, that happen. what happens first, Sixers in the finals or Mraz turns on Robbie? <laughs> oh, oh, man. That's a tough <laughs> bet. <laughs> I would say Vegas probably has it Mraz minus 250, okay. Sixers plus 150. So I'm going to ride with the Sixers right now because that's, that's where the smart money is. <laughs> that's fantastic. That's side A, the Body Bilotti and Andrew Bogus side B right now. Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it. Two straight weeks on side B of the PGP. We're back. We're back. That's Bilotti. I'm Bogus. There is no Mraz once again. Uh, he should be back next week, although at this point, in this place, there's no telling what next week will hold. So we'll <laughs> oh, see what you, happens. You no promises. <laughs> and even if I could promise you something right now, I might just back off of that next week because, you, know, you know, you never know. You might have to break that promise. You, it just, you it's just that wacky. You never know. Now, I'm in the middle of eating my lunch, and I was about to take a bite for effect, but I feel like the way DA got mad at Sean for burping, while burping and eating a Taking a big bite of my rice cake would not be the same exact thing. Right. I'm going to leave all bodily noises. Well, because you're a professional. Off. Nah, debatable. Well, well, professional at some points. As you, as you have peanut butter all over your hands. Oh, I got on my one finger. I had to get that off. And there's some little honey. Peanut butter, like honey, honey, and a rice cake. That's what we got going on for lunch Tea today. and honey. That's my way to the day, I call that. That is the day starter for me. All right. tea and honey. Now, for those of you who are still relatively new to Pete, that's me. That is, uh, that's two catchphrases that Pete likes to use. This one's new to me, too. Uh, the way to start the day. What did you just way say? Way to the day. Way to the day. Tea and honey. Uh, the original one, which predates this podcast, uh, was conflict creates cash. Controversy creates cash. You should know that by now. That was conflict. And it's not mine. I, t- I took it from somebody else. But A wrestler? Uh, no, uh, yes, a, uh, uh, a former, the former manager of WCW, Eric Bischoff. Ah, that was his Eric book. Bischoff. Controversy creates Con- cash. conflict. It's Controversy. either way. Right. Um, let us very quickly here discuss a piece of audio that DA played um, on the show Wednesday. And I'm, I'm having a weird, weird midweek. I would normally think this was hilarious, <laughs> but it actually made me angry to hear John Sterling, Sundays with Sterling. He is the radio voice, of course, of the New York Yankees, the legendary, the Hall of Fame radio voice of the Yankees. Nobody like him. And for some reason, he's hosting a regular sports call-in show on Sundays before Yankee broadcast on WFAN here in New York. And it is a you-know-what show. Well, that's that's being nice. (laughs) That's really being nice. Uh, I think that this show is maybe close to one of the worst pieces of audio I've heard in terms of in terms of how um, the disadvantages John is at in doing the show. He has a delay on the phone. He's a delay in his ear, and he's not the best in terms of hearing, apparently. So all that adds up to a great success of frivolity and controversy and just terrible radio but 
music to our ears in some case. Yeah, it ends up being good entertainment for us after the fact. If you're listening to it during the moment, I oh. can't I can't comment on its on I'll, its validity. I'll give you that. I'll give you an example with that. I was listening to the first Sundays with Sterling in the car. How many have there been, Peter? Uh, I think maybe two. Two. I'm, I'm not How sure. How many more will there be? I, I'll have to check with my sources. <laughs> I, I have no idea. But I was listening to the first one in the car, and I just cringed. I cringed, and I turned it off out of respect to John because I know. But to me, I don't think this is John's fault. It's it's the fact I think he's given kind of like the Cleveland Browns. You have some. This good, will be interesting. You have some good players on the Cleveland Browns, but it's not necessarily their fault that the team is terrible. If for those good players, like say Jarvis Landry, right on the Cleveland Browns has a monster year, and they still go one and fifteen. That's not his fault, right? That's not his fault. That I relate that to Sterling. Now John is seventy seven, seventy eight. It might be near eighty. And does which I would classify seventy seven and seventy eight as. But anyway, um, if we want to be technical, he he does a, all things considered, he does a remarkable baseball broadcast, doing the play by play for all nine innings. Which I I don't know anybody else that actually does in baseball. Most of the teams have two guys who either do a, a five four right. inning split or some do three. On three off, three back on three three two two something right. like that. Usually, but there's almost always a second voice. It's just him, which is again would be tough if you were 38. He's doing it at 78, but that broadcast is completely different than this one, and that's why this one goes off the rails because he's got to listen to callers. He's listening to a producer. There's a delay. There's callers are not always good and helpful as you're a host trying to go back and forth with them, and it just adds up. To a travesty, it, it's, some, it's equivalent to somebody stepping on your heel of your shoe when you're walking and you are just casually strolling down the street, and somebody is an eager way to get around you. He steps on the back of your shoe, and it and it you know causes flat, it's it called to, a flat tire, Peter. flat it's tire, whatever flat they tire. call it. Yeah. I, I, who cares? Uh, flat tire, and. and and then it causes a ripple effect where your day, your walk is ruined, and it just trickles down. That's what these well, calls represent. I let's think. just say only it would ruin your day. If somebody sits on your heel, you just move on. It you would, would be ru- angry for the day. rest of the day. It would ruin my day. All right. Apparently, we're done. Uh, we're out of time. I didn't realize it was this quick, but I guess that's enough of us, right? Yeah, for now. Can I have my rice cake? Yes, you can. Um, and while I do that, you guys listen to, uh, go back to listen to Side A or listen to it again. And, of course, uh, the full DA radio experience. That's right. And our, we're on Twitter, too. I'm at, at CBS Pete the Body and... Mr. Uh, Peanut Butter Man is at... At Andrew Bogish. U-S-C-H. Don't forget to see it. We'll see you again next week back here on Side We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.